All American Gunslingers featuring Ubaldi Reports. Hey everybody, this is John with Ubaldi Reports coming with you from Tampa, Florida to discuss issues facing America from the podcast that provides fact, not fiction regarding issues facing America, whether domestically or internationally. And always I got my co-host, there's Ray, Cody, and Joe. Yo. And there's a lot to talk about with the chaos in Washington regarding the, um, a couple big events. Last week, we had Senator Dianne Feinstein. She um, passed away. And then Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, appointed her replacement, which was somebody who used to live in California but now lives in Maryland. And I guess the way the rules are set in California, you to be elected, you have to live in the state. But if you're appointed, you have to be – you have to live in the state upon – uh, assuming the um, the office. So. so before we go into there, so for Feinstein, so is it Newsom kind of setting up this person up for failure or are they kind of putting them up in an area where they'll get the vote? That's a good question. Because or, but the, So if it's statewide, then it kind of... Well, here's the thing. Prior to Diane Feinstein passing away, there had three people running for uh, to replace her. One was um, Karen Bass, no, excuse me, Karen Bass. Barbara Lee of Oakland. You had Karen Porter, a congresswoman from Southern California, and then you had Adam Schiff. And everybody knows who Adam Schiff is. <laughs> then he made a statement that if he, there was an appointment, he would have pick an African-American woman because he took a lot of heat because he made picked Andrew Padilla, who was Hispanic, to replace... Um, Kamala Harris, a lot of people thought it should have been an African-American woman replacing an African-American woman. Well, in this case, then prior to her passing, he was on an interview, I want to say it was Chuck Todd, and he said if a selection came up not to interfere with the um, the primaries, which is going to happen, I think it's in March or February for California, that he would p- pick an interim selection. But when he picked, I can't think of her name offhand, but when he did pick his selection, I think it was on Monday or Tuesday, he had he said, no, she, if she wants to run, she can run. So he kind of dug a deeper uh, hole for himself. So we'll have to see how this flushes out. Now that we've got the racism established, what are what do these people offer? <laughs> what like, <laughs> yeah, you know, you you said a lot of skin color, but I didn't hear what they had to offer. The problem is California is a very blue state, probably one of the bluest states. They don't have to offer anything. The the the, the person who's now a senator is she ran Emily's list, which is to get more elected officials who support um, abortion. And she was in charge of one of the labor unions, SEIU, which is uh, Service Inter- uh, service Employees International Unions, government workers. So if you look at her background, she has no practical business experience other than either in the union or in government. Karen Bass, not Karen Bass, um, Barbara Lee, she's a longtime Congresswoman, she I think she used to be in the California State Legislature, so she's now in the Congress. She's lifelong government worker. Yeah. Obviously, Adam Schiff, Karen Porter, really none of them have anything outside of government or academia. So if you're talking practical worldwide experience, but in California you don't need to. You but see the problem they're having is if the person that Gavin Newsom appointed decides to run herself, now you got a four-term race. 
And the way it works in California, the two that get the most votes go to the runoff. Could Newsom appoint himself to? He like, could have Senate? appointed himself. He could appoint himself to the Senate. He could have. He could. Have I been. mean, because that would be probably a better road to go up for president than it would. Like governor, or I mean, statistically, because you're yeah. more you're more familiar with like the presidents and how they became, or, or the majority of presidents. Conceivably, he could have. By law, there was nothing that stated that he couldn't. Have, he could have appointed himself. Okay. Yeah, but he's a white man, so. But he's in a state where diversity is. <laughs> diversity is so, but it could if she this person he appoints decides to run, it could split the four who are running for senate. And it conceivably could be a Republican versus a Democrat in the fall, but and no matter what, this is going to be this seat's going to stay Democratic. So something uh, like a tsunami would have to happen for the Republican to win. Okay, California. so let, let's get into it because we're going to be talking about McCarthy here, Correct. and uh, you disagree. You well, first, let's set the stage. Okay, what, set the stage. Go for what it. What happened is. There was a big battle in January once the Republicans won the House in November's of 2022's election. But there wasn't a big red wave, and they got the House back by only four votes. Mm-hmm. So come January, there's a big f- split between the conservative and the, I mean, the, the, the Freedom Caucus, which is the most conservative uh, caucus in the, the House. Trumpers? For the, a lot of them are Trumpers, but they're very conservative and moderates, and those are just regular conservatives. Well, Speaker McCarthy went through, I think, like 15 uh, different votes. Before yeah, he got, he got elected or nominated, or he took yeah. on the 15th try. Yeah, he got on the 15th try. Well, then... After negotiating with those people, yeah, and they and he, set down some guidelines. And one of the guidelines at any time... If someone says they want to challenge a speakership or vote, have a vote of no confidence, they can do that. That was in there. That was in there. When they and, but also the one law, the one, the one law uh, bills getting single passed. Bill. Yeah, the single bill bills getting passed, and then also what else was in there, Ray? They had the so single issue. It was no more Ukraine funding, which. I heavily agree well, that's on in this bill. I'm saying prior, no, no, it, was, it was an agreement with getting oh, okay. McCarthy in there. That, oh, okay, okay. Matt Gates listed out last night exactly why they went the through with is, the speakership. But, so let's go back to John here. The other problem is, and I agree with what Matt Gates said on one thing, is they need to do the 12 appropriation bills, not all together. They needed to do it individually so you can get the waste, fraud, and abuse and get real spending reform in there. The problem is when they went in, when Speaker McCarthy became the speaker, you got to remember, go back to the spring. There was 80 or 90 days President um, Biden refused or did not meet with um, Speaker McCarthy as they were kind of gearing to the government shutdown, which was averted and it pushed it off to here. And the same thing happened here. President Biden really hasn't been that much involved. Now, I got some of the points Matt Gates made, but he also has to look at it from the strategically. You can have your complaints. I got it. But you only have four seats. And when you complain that Kevin McCarthy was working with Democrats, speakers have to work across the aisle, and especially when you have four seats. You can't get everything you want because it's never going to get through the Senate. Now, some people can say, well, you just got to do it anyway. Just dive on the sword. Well, every time the government shut down, who gets the blame? 
the Republicans. Okay. So you are talking about this, but at no point, and we used to know a, a person in Congress. Yeah. And I remember I proposed a question to him as like, hey, why don't we come to like some kind of mutual understanding when it comes to Republican, Democrat, and reach across and be like, hey, let's kind of work this out. Because that was the divide in the country. So now, fast forward, you know, the the Democrat were kind of, we they would, you know, they would stonewall us. They would say, not a chance all the time. It would be, you know, a, a split, you know, Democrat versus Republican all the time. So reaching across that aisle where I do understand where it could have been a good move, it still wasn't working because they're not willing to well, go right across now, the, the aisle the, the, there. The, the idea of reaching across the aisle is gone. I mean, when Ronald Reagan was president, he worked with um, Dan Roskinkowski, who ran, who was a uh, Democrat because the Democrats controlled the House, Republicans controlled the Senate. He reached across the aisle to work with Dan Roskinkowski to do tax cuts and a lot of major reforms. He worked with Tip O'Neill, who was a Democratic speaker at the time. Mm-hmm. We don't have that. We don't have that anymore. But you got to remember, going back to, I'm not going to do this with Donald Trump, but when during the Trump presidency, when they had the House and the Senate, I remember when Donald Trump got elected, and I think even Donald Trump was miffed at Paul Ryan because when they had the House and the Senate, I was always told, we have these bills, we just got to dust them off and submit them. Remember what we heard for years, repeal and replace of Obamacare. Well, once they got there, they didn't have anything. And they wasted too much time by not having anything. So in this case, you only got four seats. You're not going to get everything you want. And when you reach across to the other side to get the Democrats to support you and get rid of a speaker, the Democrats are loving this. Because now look what the onus. The onus was on the economy. Joe Biden. Joe Biden's going into the reelection as one of the um, the lowest polling of any president running for reelection. And non-campaigning. <laughs> and then you look at one key thing. If you look at the polls, and the Republicans have a 21% advantage over the Democrats on the economy. That's what you need to focus on. Because I can tell you this. Everybody I talk to, they're not focusing on this. I had, like I was telling you, I think you, Joe, I was telling you um, my truck broke down. Mm-hmm. I had to get a starter. Once I got the part, I got some friends who fixed it. Well, I returned the, the, start, uh, the starter to um, AutoZone because you can recycle it. So I asked the clerk, are you seeing more people come in for re- to get parts for their vehicles? Yes. I talked to the service manager at Toyota. How are used car sales? They're not doing well because people can't afford seven to eight to nine percent interest rates. Mm-hmm. I got friends who are single parents. They're worried about how they're going to feed their children because milk is expensive, eggs are expensive. If you've got infants, baby formula is still a shortage. Diapers are expensive. We all deal with different things. You guys are trying to start a business. Getting business loans are hard. I'm trying to get. Um, a piece, you know, property or get like an apartment so I can, you know, do different things. Well, rent is expensive. Well, I mean, everything has gone up, and they're focusing on this. And the reason I have a problem with with uh, Matt Gates is you. I can see if you did what you did, have a plan of who you want to be speaker, because right now you're not going to have a vote 
until and if we go till Tuesday, so you've got third um tell you, third, Wednesday, 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 Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. You're almost going a full week. Nothing can get done. Yeah, but McCarthy thought he was untouchable, and no, I don't he, think he was untouchable. Well, he he thought it because even before passing, do you think it would have been a different result had he not extended another forty five days for this debt limit? But you see, but, but because that that's that was the catalyst, and uh, Gates already was like in there saying, "Hey, look, if this doesn't go the way we want it to." But again, we're gonna get we're gonna get so, you out. But so he, okay, he, but here's a point. He, but again, you're making it. People are making it sound like if it passes the house, it's gonna be law. You're not going to get it. Yeah, and that's the thing. They're they're pushing something. It's never going to happen. So I have a question. When when does it happen? When do we sit down and uh, actually talk about all of the problems and address the issues of this country? The only way that happens is when the Republicans take back. Get more House members in the House, get back the Senate, and get back the executive. But branch. what about accountability? Wouldn't this be it? Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be? We can do what we want to do, but if if they don't, the other side doesn't want to work. The only way you can get back to accountability, where you get back to getting back to normal appropriation bills, being. But look at what Gates wants. Yeah, no, but Gates can't get it. No, I know Gates individually can't get it. I get that. But what I'm saying is he's addressing the issues that the but voters what, are saying know, are look, an issue. But look what – I don't think so. Look what Gates did. He upended the House. He worked with Democrats to get rid of a speaker. They don't even have a speaker yet. There's no guarantee well, what when I'm the saying votes is, Tuesday come what, we're going to have a speaker. So what I'm saying is – there's $2 trillion in debt, right? And every, what, six months we have to sit around and go, oh, crap, there's a government shutdown and we don't know what's going to happen. And on the 11th hour, there's always a deal. But so see, he's calling that out. He's calling out our, got, our funding. You know, but he's also work, yeah. cu- cutting – he's also talking about our society. What about our Social Security that we talk about day in and day out on this podcast? What about the education? What about the reform? No, I understand all, all that. All that stuff. You have to you, hold somebody accountable. I know, but – who do you hold accountable? I hold accountable everybody who is in the government know, but, that but, does not do their job. I know, and but it I has got to it, be called Ray, out. I understand that. But right now, everybody, Democrats and Republicans are equally responsible for that. Democrats and resp- Republicans are equally responsible for this misguided spending. But, so where does it stop? I know, but that's the point. Yeah. Elections it has have to come, stop, right. It has to stop somewhere. But doing this... All you've done is give a win to the Democrats. I don't think so. No, I, I don't think. I, don't, I mean, no, you're, I think, you're telling I think, I think, me that we have to work together. I, I don't give a damn if it's the left or the right. Yeah, but, work for the damn people. Okay, but okay, <laughs> the government shuts down. You mm-hmm. can't get a budget. The Democrats aren't going to move on the, in the Senate. The president isn't going to sign it. How are you going to get it done? The government shut. Who always gets the blame? Republicans. Well, yeah. But when the Republicans controlled the House and the Senate, they never touched Social Security. They never touched spending. They just kept, they got the tax cuts, which is great for the economy, but they didn't do the, the next step, which never, ever happens. But even, I even put them to blame. I know, but they're not, even, the, they're not, you know, out of this blame. I know, but even right now, President Trump, who's running for to get his job back as president, has anybody 
talks about Social Security reform, Medicare or Medicare. No. None. Has well, no, any it's a touchy subject. It's almost like talking it's, it's, it's talk like right. it's like about talking like a bo- but about see, that's abortion. The point here, all we've done is upended the government. Republicans are gonna get the blame. This gives it we should be talking about how despicable binomics is. I agree. We should be talking about education where forty five percent of American school kids can't read or do math to grade level. Well, eighty percent of minority kids or can't read or do math to grade level. That's what we should be talking about. I think we would if we had a shutdown. But the yeah. shutdown the shutdown has more problems. If you're a, if you are a have to pay bills and you're like work for the government, what are you supposed how are you going to pay your rent? How are you going to pay your mortgage? How are you going to pay your utilities? Oh, you get to get it back you get you'll get it back later when the government reopens but you still got to pay your bills of course right. but then but that's actually hitting more but then the other thing that's I, hitting more home whether whether realize hey this administration that i'm currently working for is not looking out in my the, best interest but the media the, the media republicans also do a disservice i follow a lot of media sources the republicans should have these are the talking points yep. but when i watch them when i get up there they don't bring up this stuff. How many Republicans mentioned two weeks ago, this Friday, a report came out of the Department of Maryland that showed 92% of Baltimore City school children can't do math to grade level, which is 80% are minority children. I haven't heard one Republican mention that. How about all these issues with the economy? Utility prices are good. You watch this Christmas. This could be a very lean Christmas yeah, for a lot of people. And if everybody thinks I'm just saying this in a vacuum, I'm struggling just like everybody else is. I had to worry. I had to fix my truck. That's going to tighten my belt till I get my next paycheck. Yep. So it's not like I'm a wash in money here. It's a struggle to get through from this to that. I'm living with a friend of mine because I have to save money. Yeah. We're, so, I mean, if the system is... Not right. Okay. Yeah, the system is is off. What do we do to correct it? And if it, we have to go from the top. Well, so, they, uh, so if our if our house speaker isn't looking out for our best interest, and just has either wants to kowtow to the you know the Republican or the the Democrats just so we can extend it another forty five days or where to, where's a pre, where's the where's the, the the action for leadership? The only way to fix it is if the Republicans get more House members, they get the Senate and they get the executive. But then wouldn't it be just the opposite with the Democrats? You know, kind of. Well, but then you can show to the American people that you're actually. Going to cut the budget now. One thing that but it didn't it didn't work last time when know, Trump the, got voted but out. But the problem is, there was a lot more than just. We know the reasons why Trump got voted out, and they, we can go back to that another time. But the other thing is, look at the Republicans when they had the um, they had the last two debates, and they talk. We got to cut spending. We got to cut spending, which is true. We do. We mm-hmm. got to reform spending. Did anybody say anything about Social Security? Now, the one thing no. I would get on Republicans is we all came from the Department of Defense. All of us served. Has any Republican talked about reforming the Pentagon budget? No. no. Now, the Democrats are always going to be Democrats. They're going to spend and tax to oblivion. So the only way to fix it is when you take over 
and you reduce the, 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 the deficit, you reduce the national debt, you get strong reform. But the problem is the way the system is set up, meaning you have to get 60 senators to sign off on it. There's no way you can do it without the other side, getting some members of the other side to join. Remember what Nikki Haley said about abortion when Mike Pence said we need to do a national abortion ban? That may be great, but unless you get 60 senators, it's not going to happen. And some of these legislations, you need 60 senators. So, what's his and, name? Roseanne Clements. Do you see that? Yeah. He, said, he said Trump brought debt up to $7.8 billion no, or trillion. trillion. <laughs> okay, but not realizing that over in the last, in the last what, almost last three years. Was COVID money, so yeah. that kind of added in. But also, it. I mean, how much has Biden done in his little bit of well, stuff? Well, just in three years, he's increased the debt by five trillion dollars. Okay, so five. So be, he's like he's two trillion short of he's Trump. He's gonna get. He's gonna. Get and he's doing a lot day. worse. We were all. We were a lot better with two trillion or with seven. Well, we're gonna keep this line. This is what I'm saying, and you know, it's not gonna change. We're going to spend see, annually $2 trillion, no matter is, the president. The other problem <laughs> is, until the voters realize, like you said earlier, Joe, as soon as you say, we got to reform Social Security, what happens? Everybody runs to the proverbial corner and say, oh, you're going to kick grandma and grandpa to the curb. Yeah. That's not the case. I tell them, I've been saying this since 2000. Social Security is going broke. Mm-hmm. We're using the reserves of Social Security. So 2020... 33, it ex- has no money left. That's 10 years. And that's from the Social Security and Medicare actuaries. That's from the Congressional Budget Office. I hope we're everybody's spending, 401k is up to date. We're spending <laughs> way too much. Right now, we're spending $500 billion on the interest on the debt. The way interest rates go up, if they keep going, by 2025, the interest on the debt is going to be $800 billion, what we pay on the Department of Defense. I got a good question. You said uh, Social Security is going to run out by what, 2033? Okay, 2033. Do I still have to pay Social Security? Yes. <laughs> so, wait, hold on. Yes. Our uh, leaders are banking on a world war before 2033. Oh, gee. Okay, I, I can't go into this anymore. It's just going to make me mad. No, it is. But see, it makes it. And just to let everybody know, my parents, that's all they had was Social Security. But people, look how they sold it. It's my money. My dad, that's when he, I mentioned this, he goes, don't touch my money. Best example, Erskine Bowles. He was Bill Clinton's chief of staff. He was appointed by President Obama with uh, former Republican Senator um, Alan Simpson of Wyoming. And his mom, who was 90 at the time, said, oh, Great job, son. You're going to do great. Don't touch my Social Security. And they came up with just modest reforms. Nobody wanted to hear it. Nobody voted for it. And that's where even Mike Mullen, the um, admiral, used to be the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Mm -hmm. In 2011, when he was leaving the, the chairmanship, someone had asked him, what is America's greatest national security threat? And everybody was stunned what he said. He goes, our national debt. If we are too indebted, that means we can't have a strong military. That means we can't do things abroad, which we'd like to do. So I was talking to a retired general uh, this weekend, 
and we kind of came up with like the we were talking a little bit back and forth and he said that the reason why they're not going to call in our debt is because China owes us pretty much about the same amount of money that we're owing them. So is it like a kind of a wash? Or are they just maybe throwing up this national debt just to kind of no, kind of I mean, kind of keep us, you know, kind of keep us kind of aware. We're kind of interrelated with that. We trade with them. We're the largest consumer market in the world, so China wants that. But the problem is, when you're in so much in debt, and you're spending five hundred billion dollars a year to service that debt, that's money you can't be used for something else. That money you can't be used for education. You can't use that money for shoring up some of our our key issues like helping the seniors, helping the disabled, helping key demographics get ahead. But yet if we went to a fair tax, we could probably clear that debt out within about 10 years. No. Yeah. No. So the reason I say- A a consumption tax? Are you kidding me? No, no, the, the reason I say no, unless you curb spending, if you go back in history- Starting with the Kennedy tax cuts of 64. That they would was, have endless amount of money okay, for spending, though. There's, on a consumption spending, tax? Absolutely. I know, but when you you spend more than you break, you're a family guy. Yeah. You can only spend so much. But if you spend more than you bring in and you keep doing that every year, it gets to be a problem. But I'm saying the only way you can avoid paying taxes is if you don't buy something. I know, but it's but people got to realize it's not a revenue problem. The CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, has repeatedly said they have record amounts of revenue coming in. Is government, look at all the, when we talked earlier, all these continuing resolutions, all these, but there's always pork spending. Like look at the the American Rescue Plan. No, excuse me, wrong one. Not the, the Inflation Reduction Act. That had nothing to do with inflation. That was spending on climate change. Look at the infrastructure bill. That not really, I mean, it's going to help some infrastructure projects, but that's going to be another boondoggle. Everything they do is a spend, spend, spend. You have to reform spend. Do we need all these government agencies? Do we need all <laughs> <No>. these departments? <laughs> Remember during the pandemic, they they um, they sent a bunch of government, hundreds of thousands of un, non-essential workers home. Well, if they're non-essential, then why do we need them? Businesses have become more productive. They know how to keep their workforce what they need. They don't hire excess workforce. Liquor and gun stores can stay open when that happens again. Well, here's an example. A friend of mine, long time ago, and I lived in California, he worked at one of the government agencies. There was this one worker. She was a nice worker. I mean, excuse me, nice person, but she was lazy. She didn't do anything. She would just go talk to her, but they couldn't fire her or let her go because it was the process took too long and managers have so many other things to do. They don't have time to do this, so they just let her go. So she still stays on getting paid for virtually doing nothing. I know why we have a bunch of federal agencies. Why? Well, somebody has to cook up a false flag operation to make it believable. <laughs> but then the other but the other point going to Ray and what even so what you're saying, the way things change is the American people have to realize is who you vote for. Look who they voted for. I mean, I got the difference between Joe Biden and, and um if somebody uh, would only make a daily TikTok reminding those people about that. Yeah. Okay, but look at look who we elected in two thousand twenty. 
He came in as this moderate, I'm Scranton Joe, I'm going to fight for you, I'm going to fight for the workers, I'm going to solve your problems. Okay, Joe Biden has been in the Senate since January of 1972. None of you three were born. I was in second grade. He spent 40-plus years in Washington, then eight years as vice president. So basically almost 50 years in government. Every problem, the national debt, Joe Biden was part of it. The um, sending jobs overseas, Joe Biden voted for everything to do with China since he became in. Every problem we're dealing with, Joe Biden was there. So how is he going to solve our problems? No, it's the media to blame the four-year guy. <laughs> and then the media gets involved. They wanted Joe Biden to win because they didn't like the big bad orange man. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on. It said Trump ran on the same thing and gave huge tax cuts to the rich. What's your point? That point is false. That's been proven by the Congressional Budget Office, the Bureau of Economic Analysis, and every other um, economic um, report and think tank. The the bottom eighty percent gained more than the top percent. You can look it up. I know we keep hearing that, but that's just democratic um, propaganda that just keeps recirculating. The problem is every time they do tax cuts, it spurs the economy, but the reduction and reforming of spending never happens. And that's fact, starting with the Kennedy tax cuts, the Reagan tax cuts, the Bush, and now Trump. But look at the economy now. Does anybody believe your life is better now than four years ago? Is it cheaper to get gas, food, energy? Is anything less expensive now than it was four years ago? Yeah. Do you believe that Reaganomics is a lie? Well, depends. Is that a question? He said that Reaganomics is a lie. It's just common sense. Well, I don't know what context he's looking at, but if you look at Reaganomics... Oh, it's trickle-down economics, right? But in 1984, the GDP jumped 7%. It was 5% on average for three or four years. So Reaganomics did work. Bidenomics, not too well? Bidenomics, not too well. <laughs> so these Seems are like the, it's drawn in crayon. That's what Bidenomics so is. these are the issues in. we're facing. I mean, look with, just look around. Crime is going out of control in these major cities. Look at immigration. We've got 6 million crossed in three years, 8 million total if you count the 2 million gotaways. In one year, this year, or the end of the fiscal year, there was 150 individuals who were picked up who were on the terror watch. That's the largest number in the past six years combined. Well, I think we'll see where that goes because the sanctuary city crowd is not is starting to feel it. Yeah, but they're not changing their view. They're still sanctuary cities. John, yeah. I just like to congratulate you. You've gone like a whole thirty minutes before getting that post that says some of the uh, oh, comments, comments in the live have been filtered. <laughs> we didn't really get that like five minutes in. You guys, you made it a half hour. We got that. Yeah, yeah. we only got that after a half hour. Normally, we get it about five to ten minutes. Okay, ten minutes. Well, see, that's the and that's the thing. There was a federal judge of one of the fifth uh, federal court of appeals or something, and they just admonished that this president violated three hundred and forty million Americans' First Amendment right by colluding with the FBI and working with the tech companies and forcing the tech companies to censor Americans. And you know what's what going to happen? Hear, see, He'll and be read. Getting a medal. Nothing. 
nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to happen. Because you like it. People like it when they go after someone they don't like. Right. But remember, the pendulum can swing your way. And what are you going to do when the government comes after you? So, John, how can I get a hold of us? You can get a hold of us by going to um, UbaldiReports at gmail.com. That's UbaldiReports at gmail.com. Or you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And let us know what you think. We're going to try to do this. We do this every every Wednesday at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. My goal is to do this every day, Monday through Friday, because there's a lot of issues coming up. But I also appreciate all the comments that came in and always will come in. We'll always try to answer. I don't expect everybody to agree with everything we say. I don't want you to. I just want a dialogue to discuss how do we make our country better so we can grow for everybody. But as I turn it over to Joe so they can talk about what – they're involved with yes you can get a hold of ray cody and i at all american gunslingers at gmail.com that's once again all american gunslingers at gmail.com i would spell it out but it would just take another half the show um you can also get us on all social media that's all american gunslingers and just look out we're gonna have a website coming up we are working towards getting a range open with a gun store gunsmithing and live firing range and you can get a hold of us again by going to allamericangunslingers at gmail.com. Do you have anything to say, Ray? Yeah, so last night um, we heard from the Firearms Policy Coalition there was an injunction win uh, against the pistol brace uh, ban. Uh, so right now um, from the lower court, they basically are enforcing that the ATF cannot enforce the ban, but it's only to... FPC members, uh, Maxim Defense Company, and its customers. So pretty much as long as you have bought a pistol brace and you are a member and you're a paying member right now, you're protected from this injunction. Um, so you can legally own your pistol brace again on your AR or AK pistol, um, but you have to be a paying member. So if you are not a member of anything, um, Firearms Policy Coalition or Gun Owners of America um we're still outlawed so it's a it's a money scheme you you definitely got to pay money to have your gun rights but we're fighting tooth and nail for it so i'll have you know that since i know two gunsmiths i'm gonna get an sbr just so i can tuck it right into the console of my <laughs> class three <laughs> so but yeah we'll we're monitoring it because that obviously affects us and what we're able to sell and not sell so uh we we do want the pistol brace to be a win here soon all right Everybody have a great day, and we will talk to you later. All right, take it easy. We stay.